Tina Patember bring the message. Pastor Tina is the minister of our Richmond Hill Solid Rock Church of the Nazarene, a congregation that we here at Rosewood started back in 2008. She is an outstanding Christian woman of God. She really is. When I think of uh, the fact that Pastor Tina is still single, I often wish that my wife and I had a, a second son in his 30s. That's right. We wish, I wish, that we had a second son in his 30s who could potentially marry her so that she could become a part of the Stavropoulos family. However, we don't have a second son. Our son is Jeremy, and he's already married to a wonderful young lady. This means, this means that some of you bachelors out there have the potential privilege of marrying Pastor Tina. And if you know me, I always try to help out men. That's right. Try to help out men. And so, bachelors, bachelors, listen carefully now. I'm going to tell you some secrets, secrets for winning over the heart of Pastor Tina. Are you listening? Okay? These are secrets to winning over the heart of Pastor Tina. Number one, you must love our Lord Jesus with all your heart. Okay? It's number one. You must love Jesus, serve him, and just be a part of the family of God through faith in Jesus. Are you serving him, Jesus? All right? That's secret number one. Secret number two. You must treat her like a princess. Okay? Anthony, is there an amen from you, brother? Yeah. All right. <laughs> you must treat her like a princess. That's right. Number three, number three, bachelors, you must have a good, steady job. A good, steady job. Number four, number four, you must be willing to live in the Toronto area. All right? She doesn't want to move to be too far away from Pastor Nick and Cindy. <laughs> well, actually, I don't think she wants to be too far away from her mom and dad and her extended family. All right? That's number four. Number five, number five, you must not be scared off, okay? You must not be scared off by the fact that she's a very intelligent woman. Uh, she has a Bachelor of Science degree. She has a, a Master of Divinity degree, and she has a doctorate. Don't let that scare you. She's a down-to-earth person who just is just wonderful when you get to know her, right? And here's the sixth secret, number six. Sixth secret to winning over her heart is this. Are you listening? Pastor Lisa, are you listening? Okay, number six. You must have, you must have as, or you must be, you must be as handsome and as tall as Pastor Lisa's husband. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Lisa said amen there, okay? So, so, bachelors, if you qualify... Contact me, Pastor Nick, at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. Okay, go to rosewoodchurch.ca. And, and, and if you qualify, I'm going to put in a good word for you. Okay? I'm going to put in a good word for you. But you've got to meet the qualifications. Uh, by the way, I do not charge for my matchmaking skills. 
No charge to you. All right. Well, before, uh, before Pastor Tina throws a shoe at me, I better get out of the way and let her bring this great message entitled, God Has Not Forgotten You. Would you welcome Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber. All right, all right, all right, all right. Dr. Tina, blessings on you, my sister. Perhaps you're not feeling joy, and perhaps you're not feeling peace and love and hope, because this has been a very difficult year. It's been a year of hardship, a year of pressure. Some of you have lost loved ones in this past year. I know our family has dealt with uh, death in our family. You've lost maybe your job, or maybe you're feeling financially pressured. Uh, it's also been a time of feeling relationship strains or uh, broken relationships, and, and maybe you're feeling isolated and alone because of how things are happening right now in the world. And perhaps simply put, you do not feel God has remembered you, but you feel God has forgotten you. And when we feel like this, how should we move forward? How should we take the next steps as we walk with God? What is our next steps as we think about our faith and trust in God? And I want us to go to a story in the Bible uh, found in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to uh, 25, the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah, because it's a wonderful story that will help us to understand how they cope with their situation and how they move forward as a couple that believed and trusted in God. And so I'm going to read the word of God, and then we're going to pray together, and we are going to learn from the word of God. This is what God's word says in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. It says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the parents to their children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well among, along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, 
and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he had kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, God, that the Bible is real and living and active and the word of God still speaks to us today and we believe and trust right now in this moment that this time is yours, that this time is our time to hear from you, our time for you to speak to us, for us to learn what you have to say to us, oh God. We pray in the name of Jesus that we will learn from this story that happened many years ago but is still relevant today the faithfulness of your people, the stories of your people, the lives of your people still speak to us today. We pray in the name of Jesus that it will speak right now. And God, your word will help us, transform us, help us and encourage us and lead us in the right direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This story takes place during the time of King Herod was king. And the Bible says there was a man named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, and there's a couple details about him. There's that he is a priest, he belonged to a priestly division, and his wife was a descendant of Aaron, which means if you go back in Exodus, you'll learn about Moses and Aaron, and there is the lineage of the family, and so she's part of that lineage. And the Bible says that both of them were righteous, they observed the commands, they were blameless, but verse 7 says the following, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. This is interesting to read about Elizabeth and Zechariah. This was a couple who believed in God. They served him. They worshipped him. They did the duties of the Lord. They were righteous people, and yet they had to deal with this pain in their life. Sometimes we think that just because we are walking in the ways of God, everything will be perfect, right? Sometimes we think we give our hearts to Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We believe that things are going to be perfect, like life is perfect. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have perfect kids. I'm going to be a perfect grandparent. I'm going to have a perfect job. But as we learn in this story and as we walk with God, we learn that even good and faithful people have to deal with pain in their life. And it was this pain for them. Their pain was they didn't have a child. They didn't have a son. For Elizabeth, it was the pain of being barren. And having a child meant was a big deal back then because a son would carry the legacy and the name of the family and would also have the inheritance. And as we think about God's word today, let us remember that faithful people will experience pain in their life. Faithful people like you and I are going to experience pain in our life. Can you relate to this couple? Have You've been faithful to God. Are you the person that has been tithing since you were a young person and now you're older and you've been tithing since 5 and 10, 20, 30, 40 years and yet you've experienced 
painful situation in your life? Have you been the kind of person that comes to worship service when we've had in-person services and you've served the Lord and you've given to God and you've prayed for people and you come to Bible study and you are praying at the prayer sessions and yet you've had to carry deep pain in your life? What are examples of people or examples of situations in which we will carry deep, deep pain in our lives? For Elizabeth and Zachariah, it was they were not parents. They were a couple that were married. For you, it could be that you are sick and you want to be healed. Or maybe you're praying for a spouse. Or you're praying for a child like Elizabeth and Zachariah. Or maybe you are looking for purpose in life. Like, God, what is going on in this world right now? I'm so confused. I need direction. Or salvation for someone you love. Or a financial breakthrough. Or you've been praying about a dream in your life and it hasn't been fulfilled. Or a desire in your life. Or you want justice and you want change. And you just say, God, I don't understand what's going on. But I have this deep pain in my life. You know, church family and for those of you who are watching, being faithful to God does not guarantee an easy or painless life. In fact, being faithful to God means sometimes... We have to go through the most traumatic experiences in our lifetime. And if you don't believe me, look at the Bible. Look at Job. Job was an upright man. He was blameless, and he lost his family, and he lost his assets. And he didn't do anything wrong, just like Elizabeth and Zechariah. They, they did not commit some big sin, and that's why they were childless. And in the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, he was good, a young person who believed in God. And yet he went through a lot of challenges. His, his brothers sold him, betrayed him, and he became a slave. And Sarah and, Eli and, Sarah and Abraham in the Bible as well, in, in the book of Genesis, they were good people, righteous people, believed in God, and they had no son either. Good and faithful people like you and me will experience trouble in our lives. But we learn from this story that pain does not last forever. Amen? Amen. Look at verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Now, sometimes when you read the Bible, you think, like, why is the writer giving us all these details? But the details are important. And in this story, we're getting these details because we have to understand in 1 Chronicles 24, King David, another man of God, arranged all the priests into 24 divisions so that each year each division served twice in the temple. And these priests would have to travel from their home to Jerusalem to serve, to burn the incense, and then pray. There were probably about 20,000 priests which meant each division probably had about 800 to 1,000 priests. The Bible says Zechariah was in the 8th division. And if a priest was picked, then they would burn the incense inside the holy place of the temple. They would pick the names by lots. They would cast the names. So the fact that Zechariah was picked that day to go into the temple was a big deal. It was a big honor for any priest to be able to do the work of God. And as we think about it, when he goes into the temple, something big is about to happen in his life. And as you and I walk with God, despite our pain, being faithful and being faithful to God, remember this, 
God is purposely setting you up for something bigger in your life. Amen? Amen. It was a big deal for Zechariah and a big honor for him to do this priestly duty. But he had no idea what was about to happen. And this reminds us that God is always moving. God is always orchestrating everything in our life. God is not a random God. He's a purpose, purposeful God. I'm in my Genesis is the book I'm reading right now for my devotions. And I re remember reading Genesis 1, how God created the world, in se the, the earth and the, the fish and the air and the birds and, and us in seven days. He's a God of order. He's not a God of chance. And if you're thinking this morning that my life has no purpose, guess what? Your life has lots of purpose. God has a plan for you, and he wants you to step in with him in that plan. Amen? Out of 20,000 priests, reduced to 800 to 1,000 priests, then casted by lot, Zechariah was called to be the one to go into the temple and to light and burn the incense and to pray. This was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This was not a small matter. It was a big deal. But God was going to do something bigger for him. And God can do something big in your life despite the pain you are carrying right now. Let me give you some examples. For example, you think the job promotion was great, but what if your job promotion actually allows you to meet your future spouse, husband, or wife? That's a possibility, right? Amen. And maybe you think, oh, God, I'm going to give you $500 or $1,000, and you think that's a big deal. But what if you give that $500 or $1,000 to the work of the Lord, and God blesses you with $10,000? Amen? Amen? That is possible. And so sometimes we think like what we're doing is not, doesn't matter, but really there's a lot of purpose behind it. And the exciting thing about God is that he's always working. God is always doing something. Even when we feel like God is silent, that's when he's doing his best work actually. When he's silent, he's doing his great work in our lives. Even though we can't see it and we can't touch it and it's not tangible, God is still there, he's still present, and he's still working. Amen? Amen. And so God has even bigger things in store for you. And so God set up Zechariah to be the one that day to be on duty to go into the temple and to do the work of God because something big was about to happen. And it's in that spirit that Zechariah goes to complete the duties. And then verse 11 says the following, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Well, Zechariah already, already felt the honor of God by going in to do the work of the Lord. But then the angel shows up during the time of worship. And you know, this reminds each of, each of us today, worship is never a waste of time. Anytime we come into the house of God or we are praying and we are thanking God and we're raising our hands or we are giving our, our money to God, it's never a waste of time because in our time of worship, God can show up. Amen? Amen. And so if you don't believe me, think about this. When Peter and John were going to the temple in Acts chapter 3, they saw a man that was crippled. And as they were going to go pray and do the work of God, this man was healed. And King Jehoshaphat in the Bible, when he had to go into battle, he told his men when they were marching into the army that they need to worship the Lord. And because they were worshiping the Lord, God allowed them to win the battle. Worship is never a waste of time. 
coming to the house of God, praising God in your, in your time at home, when you're reading your Bible, anytime you're connecting with God, I will guarantee it and I will declare it is never a waste of time. Worship leads us to encounter God. And Zechariah, while he was worshiping the Lord, an angel showed up. Now, have any of you ever had an angel show up in your time of worship? I can't say that for myself, but I know some people have told me stories that they felt that what happened for them might have been an angel experience. And then the, the angel says to him, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and his name will be John. And as we think about God's word today, if you are taking uh, notes, number three is God hears and answers our prayers. Amen. Most likely when he was in the temple, he was not praying for his son or a child anymore because he was older. Perhaps Zachariah and Elizabeth, um, his wife, had stopped praying that it would happen. And perhaps you're like Elizabeth and Zachariah today. Maybe you have stopped praying for something to happen in your life because it's been so long. Have you ever had to pray for something and you prayed and prayed and prayed and yet nothing has happened? And now you stop praying because it hasn't happened? Most likely when Zechariah was in the synagogue and he was doing the work of God, he was probably praying for the needs of the Israelite people. The Israelite people were in a time of oppression by the Romans. And he probably was praying, God, please send the promised Messiah to come now. Because it had been 400 years that God had spoken to his people. In the book of Malachi, up until now, there had been no word, there had been no vision, there had been no dreams, and now an angel shows up and is talking to Zechariah. And this, has, this is a breakthrough that's happening right now. And you will notice in the Bible that the angel said to, to Zechariah, your prayer has been answered. But really, two prayers have been answered in this story. This promised child, John, will be an answer to their personal prayer, but it will also be an answer to the prayers of the people because John will be the prophet to prepare the way for Jesus. Amen? And this is what I call a two-for-one deal. Do you know what I'm talking about, a two-for-one deal? You know when you go to the burger place and they give you two burgers for one price? That's a deal. And uh, when you go shopping, sometimes they're like, buy one, get one free. That's a deal as well, right? That's what I'm talking about here. And God is able, when he answers us, is able not just to answer one prayer, not two, maybe five at the same time, because he is God, amen? And he can do all things. And I want to encourage you today that no matter what you are praying for, maybe you're like Elizabeth and Zachariah, and you're like, Lord, I don't want to pray this prayer anymore because it's not happening. But I want to encourage you today to keep praying and to be persistent with the Lord. Just like the woman that Jesus said, you know, don't pray and give up. The persistent woman that kept going back to the judge. And I want to remind you today that God has not forgotten you. It had been 400 years since God has spoken to anyone. And now he's entering and breaking through the darkness. And it had been a long time since Elizabeth and Zechariah were praying for a son. And now they're hearing the, the news that they're going to have a son. And maybe you feel the same way in your situation God has been silent. He's not talking. I keep going to him. I keep coming to him. I keep praying about the same matter over and over, and he's not responding. But in this story, God answered two prayers at one time. And the same God that did that for them can do that for us. Amen? Amen. And so the prayers of Elizabeth and Zechariah have been answered. 
and the prayers for the people of God have been answered. And if God can do it for them, he can do it for us. God has not forgotten us. Remember that today. And then we see in verse 14 of the Bible, it explains what kind of son they're going to have. Now I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here. You know, he will be a joy, and he will be a delight, and he will cause everyone to rejoice, and he will be great in the sight of God, and he's never to drink wine or ferment to drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he will bring people back to the Lord. And verse 17, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. As we think about this story today, when God answers your prayer, it will be beyond your expectation. It will be beyond your expectation. Think about this, church family, for those of you who are watching. Elizabeth and Zachariah, they just prayed for a child, prayed for a son. I can imagine Elizabeth saying, Lord, please give me a son. I want to knit him a hat. I want to knit him a sweater. I want to take him down the street and walk with him. Um, maybe Zachariah's like, Lord, I want a child so I can teach him the priestly duties. And maybe he would carry on the work of God. And uh, no, but you know, when you think about all of this, this was a simple prayer they had. When you think about all of this, that they wanted a son, but God was giving them a prophet. Amen. Amen. And when God answers our prayers, it can be bigger than what we expect or even believe in. Because the Bible says that this son they were going to have, he was going to be a delight. He was going to be a joy. He was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This was before Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit became accessible to everybody. And in this story, John was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was called not to drink, and he would bring back people to the Lord. Their baby was no small matter. Their baby was going to be a prophet. He had a special calling. And in our life and in our own life, we're praying for something simple, but God can do amazing things. Amen? Um, maybe you ask for a position at work, and God's going to promote you to management or CEO. Uh, maybe you just ask for one child, and God might give you two or three. Uh, maybe you ask for a certain spouse. And God might give you, like, I don't know, ladies, George Clooney or uh, men, Shania Twain. I mean, you know, whatever you think is beautiful, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe you ask for a used car and God's going to give you a brand new one. Sometimes we ask God for simple things, but God, he can, he can blow our minds and he can exceed our expectations. Amen. Amen? Amen. And you want to know why God exceeds our expectations? You want to know why? Because when God does his work, he always puts a stamp that he did it. Amen? Amen. That he shows us that it's beyond our expectations, beyond what we even think or imagine. It's beyond comprehension. And when God does his work, it's so uh, stamped with his name on that we have to praise God and we have to glorify his name because he is our God and he's our Savior and he's done the work. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want you to think about this today. They asked for a son, but they were getting a prophet. And so when Zechariah hears all of this news, in verse 18 he says, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And you know, at first this just seems like an innocent question. Um, he's an older man. He's asking a legitimate question. To the angel, how can I be sure of this? 
But the verses after, the way the angel responds to him tells us that he had a spirit of doubt. He didn't believe. And I want us to remember this today as we think about God's word. Have faith in God despite how impossible your situation looks like right now. This story reminds us that even good people doubt the Lord. And the angel tells Zechariah, it's going to happen. And now he says, you're going to be silent because you didn't believe. And perhaps you've been waiting for something to happen in your life. For Elizabeth and Zechariah, it was a child. And you feel like because you're getting older, um, maybe you've been waiting to get married. Maybe you wanted to start a business. Maybe you wanted to travel. Maybe you've been praying for someone to come to Jesus Christ. And you've been sick and you want to be healed. And you've been praying and praying and praying. And God gave you a word. And now we, as the people of God, have to believe the word of the Lord. We have to believe that God will do what he says. And we have to turn a blind eye to the way things look right now. Because this is what happens to many of us. We see our situation. It looks impossible. We don't believe. We're doubting like Zachariah. And God wants us to trust him. God wants us to know he is faithful to his word. The Bible says all his promises are yes and amen. And when God says something, it has to happen. So whatever revelation God has given into your life, the revelation for Zachariah and Elizabeth was they're going to have a child. But whatever God has told you about your life, our job is not to doubt God. Our job is to believe and to have faith. And this morning, when we think about the word of God, are you believing in the word? Are you believing that what God has spoken into your life will come to pass? Do you have faith to believe that God will keep his word? Unfortunately, Zechariah doubted. He did. And so verse 19, the Bible says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until this day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. I just like how the angel says to, to Zachariah, he's like, my name is Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I brought you good news. And he says, you're going to be silent because you did not believe. But this is what's important, church family. At the end of that little whole speech, he says, which will come true at the appointed time. And in your notes today, what God has planned for your life will happen at the appointed time. Amen? This is key today. The angel said to him, it's all going to happen at the appointed time. And do you know that God has an appointed time for everything in your life? In the Bible, when God told Abraham and Sarah they're going to have a son, in Genesis 18, 14, God says to Abraham, Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have her son. He was saying to her, him, The son is coming at the appointed time. And then to the prophet Habakkuk, in Habakkuk 2, 3, The revelation awaits at appointed time. It speaks of no end, and it will prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will, it will certainly come and not delay. Again, God is saying to his people, it will come, it will pass at the appointed time. And even the demons, these are fallen angels that follow Satan, not God. It is estimated that one-third of the angels that God created are now demonic spirits. And in Matthew 8, 29, the demons were talking to Jesus and they say, What do you want from us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us? Before the appointed time. 
they were talking about the end times, the time when Jesus is going to return. So we learn from scripture. There's a time for everything. And the Bible says there's a time for everything under the sun. And in our walk with God, we must move away from the idea that life has to happen on our schedule. Sometimes we say to God, God, I want to be married at this time. I want to have X amount of children. I want my career to look like this. I want to have a, a profound ministry. I want to have X amount of followers on social media. I want my business to expand. And sometimes grandparents uh, who have children who want grandkids, Lord, I want to be a grandparent at this time. And, you know, we're telling God what to do. We are telling God how things should be. And it's great to have goals in your life, and it's great to be ambitious because we should do that. We should have goals and timelines and so forth. But we must make sure our goals and our desires and our will follows the ways of God and follows God's plan for our life and not our own. Amen? Amen. When we surrender our will, our, our minds, our, our body, and our spirit and soul to God, then we can follow God's plan, his purpose, and his ways. And we should be happy for the times when God said no to us, when God closed the door on us. Because when God did that for us, it helped us to avoid maybe the biggest mistake we were going to make in our life. And so we should be thankful. Let's celebrate the fact that God has an appointed time for everything. Because think about this group. If John came way earlier than Jesus, that would not be good because he was supposed to prepare the way for Jesus. And if he came way too late after Jesus, then again, it would defeat the purpose of him preparing the way for Jesus. He had to come at the right time. Amen? And the same thing in our lives. God has an appointed time for everything. So don't worry about stuff. Don't get anxious. Don't be in fear. Don't get nervous like, oh, my friend's getting married. I'm not married. My friend has three kids. I don't have three kids. I only have, you know, a high school degree. I don't have... You just have to follow the ways of God. Just follow what God has for your life. Amen. We don't need to compare ourselves to other people. We don't have to be jealous because we have a good God, and he's good, and he's gracious, and he's loving, and he has a good plan for all of our lives. Amen? Amen. And so let us just remember that God has an appointed time for everything in our life. So what happens is Zechariah comes out of the temple after all of this experience and the people outside were praying and waiting and they knew something wasn't right because he spent a lot of time in there. Then they also knew he couldn't speak, but he's making all these signs. He can't talk. And then verse 23 says, when his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor, and he's taken away my disgrace among the people. You know, as we think about a story like this, what's amazing is her response shows us that despite personal disappointment, she was still faithful to God. Amen. And when she gets the good news and sees that she's pregnant, she rejoiced in God, not in the gift and when we think about this, God can turn your pain into joy because he has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. What's key in this story today is both Zachariah and Elizabeth, despite the pain they carried, despite the disgrace and shame they felt, you can imagine people were like, you guys are faithful to God still and you have no son, you have no daughter, you're getting older, there's no hope for you to have a child. They made a choice to be faithful to God. They did not resort to bitterness. 
They did not resort to hopelessness or despair. And maybe that's why the Bible says, one commentary says, that that is why God calls them good and upright people. Because faithfulness to God is not dependent on what we get in life. Faithfulness to God that means, this is what it means, church family. Faithfulness to God means that even if I don't get what I prayed for, even if I don't what I get desire or what I want in life, or I, I'm not healed, or I don't get the job I want, or I, or I have problems in life, I'm still going to worship the Lord. That's what faithfulness means. Amen. And when you think about it in the story, they didn't have answers from God. Probably many times they went to the Lord and said, Lord, why aren't you giving us a son? Why aren't you giving us a daughter? We don't see any of that in the Bible. We can only speculate. And they didn't get a clear answer from God. And sometimes, church family, we're going to go through painful situations, and we're going through it right now, and we've been asking God, and we're not going to get a clear answer. But here's what's key today. They still kept their faith in God and worshiped the Lord for who he is, not for what he gives. Amen? They worship the God that blesses, not the blessing. Amen? They worship the giver, not the things that he gives. Amen? Amen. And maybe this Christmas, the real gift is that even though we may not get what we want or desire in life, we may remember this today. It's not the end. And let us be faithful to God. You know, some parents, they have prayed for a child for many years. And in some cases, some, some parents, some couples get, get a child. But in other cases, some people, some couples don't get a child. But you know, those couples can still live a good and faithful life to the Lord. And in some cases, some of us know some people who have adopted children and have had a great and wonderful life in the Lord. The same with us. No matter what situation you've been praying for and you didn't get it and it didn't go your way and it was a great pain and it was a great disappointment, it doesn't mean we can't have a good and healthy and productive life in the Lord. Maybe a closed door is really an open door to something bigger than we can expect or imagine. If you never get what you prayed for or desire, do not think that your life is over. God has more for you. Amen? And on the other hand, if God chooses to grant your heart's desire or what you prayed for, as he did for Elizabeth and Zechariah, may we be like her and say, you know, God is the one that did this for me. Did you know that the name Zechariah means God remembers? And perhaps he had felt God forgot about him. And the people of God thought God forgot about Israel. But God had a plan. It was just different than what Zechariah thought. And Elizabeth's name means God is my oath. And God makes a promise to her that he will bring joy to her life and to the people of the Lord. This Christmas, let's remember, God hasn't forgotten us. God has good things in store for us. God has a plan for us, and it may be different from ours. Let us remember to be faithful even though we are carrying pain. Let us remember that God is setting us up for something big. Let us remember that God hears and answers our prayers. Let us remember that God will go beyond our expectation. Let us believe in what God has for our life. And let us remember that God has an appointed time for everything in our life. God can turn our pain 
into joy. Amen? The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And may we remember today, as we think about the word of God, the greatest joy that we have is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you are someone this morning that hasn't received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and you're hearing this story about Elizabeth and Zachariah for the first time, I want to encourage you to make that step of faith, to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because the greatest gift we have is that our God came to earth as Jesus, the baby Jesus, and later on became a man, died on the cross for our sins so that we can be free and walk in the freedom of the Lord. And now empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a faithful, a good, and holy, and righteous life. Maybe you haven't had that opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this morning, in this, in this videotape, we want to give you an opportunity to do so. So I want to take a moment right now to pray and so that we can think about what we've, we've, we've learned here today and also to give uh, invitation for those of you who have not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior to give you this opportunity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah. We understand that even though we are faithful to God, we will go through pain. We will go through heartaches. We will go through challenges. But we're so thankful, God, that you are faithful. Amen. We're so thankful, God, that you don't forget us. We might feel like you've forgotten us, but you have not. You are still providing. You're still making a way. You're still opening a door. But at the end of the day, God, may we be like Job. May we be able to say, we will still worship the Lord despite all that we've been through. God, I pray for those who've been waiting and who've been praying for different things in their lives than they have felt like you haven't remembered or you forgot. We pray that those things will come to pass at the appointed time according to your will, and according to your way. And Lord, we also pray for those who are watching this video, and maybe they haven't put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God, we want to extend this invitation of, Lord, I give my heart to you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that Jesus rose on the third day. And I believe that my sins are forgiven. Amen. And I believe that I am ready for heaven. We thank you and we rejoice for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and for those who might be putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ right now. The Bible says that when one sinner comes to God, the entire angels in heaven are rejoicing. Lord, we just thank you that this Christmas you will do wonderful things. You will help us. You will bless us. Despite the pandemic we're going through, the economic trial we're going through, the confusion, 
the things that are beyond our control. We serve a God who is still in control, and he is sovereign, and he's working things out. We will be able to say, like, the, like everyone else in the Bible, that God is good, God is working, and God hears our prayers. We extend this prayer to all of Canada and the world that, God, you will bless, you will keep, and you will take care of your people. And in the meantime, we will choose to be faithful.